0: Close encounters of the third kind. Actual contact. To me, it looked like a level kind To me, I got to do it look up in the tree. Who else in the level car? Say yeah? yeah.
1: The Sasquatch was approximately eight to ten feet tall. It looked very human-like, but it definitely wasn't a human
2: after 7 years of research i am more convinced than ever that the creature known as nessie is a real living animal others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations
3: you could be a crackhead but that hold to the wrong stuff Welcome to Mysteriousnesses, episode number seven. I'm your host, John Jay, and with and with me as always are uh, other hosts, Lauren Lance and Endless Mike Lance. Woo! With us once again is Jared Walker. Hey S- Lance. Did you forget uh, Lauren's name? No, I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, boo. You mean Lauren's name? No, I just forgot what I was gonna say. I just you uh, forgot my
1: name. I mean, it
3: was Lauren's name. Was no, I can't forget you your say. name. It's 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 uh it's in a it's an an alliter- alliteration.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, it's like impossible. Technically not. Yeah. What? Lauren Lance has to have at least
3: three. Oh, it has to have three. Yeah. Lauren Lance Lickety Split.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, three three.
3: Oh. Little Lauren Lance. Yeah, there you
0: go. Aww.
1: Little Lauren Lance. You could abbreviate my middle name, Lauren Liz Lance. Yeah, Ew. there you go. I'm going to start that. calling
0: you Liz. Start calling you Liz. Liz don't
3: call me that. Welcome Lizzie. to the show, guys. We've got a great show coming up for you. Uh, our feature segment is actually about uh, the various different secret government space programs. Yay. The Illuminati. Uh, I'm sure the Illuminati is going to be involved.
0: They always uh, are.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they're involved in everything.
3: They're involved Fingers in.
0: Fingers and lots of
3: pies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that really <laughs> disgusting analogy. <laughs> All right, uh, let's start off with paranormal news. Uh, Snapchat users' horror after filter captures faceless ghost lurking next to her in creepy video. Now, um, I don't know how many of you guys out there use Snapchat. I don't, but I have been told that you can put silly... Faces on yourself while using Snapchat—is that true? Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean I've you seen so many this? of these. I haven't used it, but you s- people post it on Facebook too. It's like where they got the little dog nose. It doesn't look that cute as no, everyone thinks. It looks really, really dopey. Looks I thought like
0: something that would be on like those little kids games that you buy at yeah. Like I thought I thought
3: Snapchat was like for sending pi- pictures of your private parts. It
2: is. I mean, more
1: maybe well, more yeah, people. But sometimes
2: you want to class it up.
3: Okay, with a. Dog face filter? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Dog Maybe face. more people are into furries than we thought. Uh,
3: a young French woman has posted a creepy snatch, Snapchat video online. Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> video online that shows a faceless ghost lurking next to her in the selfie. Uh, so basically, what's happened is you can put these filters on. So this one is like a dog filter. Mm-hmm. And. And you,
2: yeah, it face it, faces it you tracks like, you. It tracks
3: your face and anyone else's face that's in uh, the shot, and just adds like dog ears and a nose. Yeah, yeah the, the dog
2: one is mouth. the new popular thing. But this has been going on for a while. Yeah, they, they do have, a lot of stuff. They had a lot of really creepy, spooky ones uh, a while ago that would turn you into a monster face anytime you'd open your mouth.
1: Yeah, they had a zombie one too. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah do they, so they had-
3: ever have like one where it just shows like a? Dick in your face or something?
2: Uh, you gotta be. buy those. You yeah. got oh Yeah, yeah those, those are the those premium, premium ones. Yeah, <laughs> so,
3: so making a dick go in your mouth every time you open it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like the, yeah, this dog one like it tracks and it, it also moves. It's animated too. On top of that, so, so like,
1: it's a video, not yeah. So every picture. time you open your yeah. mouth,
3: it, it yeah, uh,
0: tongue comes out and lolls about and yeah. But in this video, the girl uh, is has it has the the dog thing on her. And then next to it, another Dalmatian-colored one appears. And it opens its mouth at one point, and a tongue comes out. And that's what kind of freaks her out the most. And there's
1: not anything in the background that even resembles a face. Yeah, Yeah, the the
2: software. I guess the software could just be faulty. It's a brightly lit bookshelf. So... A lot of times you can, like... Nothing uh, symmetrical on it. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of times you can, uh, these things can be tricked by, like, shadows. There's no shadows. It is just very
0: brightly
1: lit.
2: It's brightly lit. There's
3: nothing symmetrical on the wall or on the shelf.
2: And, yeah, yeah, you can
3: see the thing moving. And then she kind of gets freaked out and, like, stands up.
1: Yeah. Rightfully so. It is a little freakish. I mean,
0: it could be a faulty thing, but...
3: Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, uh, it's just uh, we've talked about it in previous shows—the fact that uh, electronic uh, technology might be able to like pick up uh, certain things that we can't with the naked eye. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, ghost hunters use that shit all the time. Well, I mean,
3: yeah, even back in the day when there was film cameras, people would just take shots of cameras and uh, shots with their cameras, and then go back later and see orbs or sure. see you know ghostly figures and stuff like that. So yeah.
0: they're going to be using this that filter on the next episode of Ghost Adventures. The yeah. dog filter.
3: <laughs> the do- you gotta, I you would gotta love sit, to see you gotta that. You got to sit in, in, in a room by yourself, and then you have to do the Snapchat thing. And yeah. then if like, what if just like 14 other dog faces just oh. pop up in the oh, background? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, w- that would actually that would legit really fuck me up. That would, no, that would get some good ratings for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like a
0: bunch of them. Let's move so on cold.
3: to the uh, modern day witch trial of Carol Compton. How a Scottish nanny was arrested for witchcraft. Uh, everyone is familiar with the Salem witch trials. Um, that's a gross but unbeknownst picture. Unbeknownst to many, some witches are still being put on trial in the modern era. Car- Carol Compton was one of these alleged witches who found herself at the center of a series of strange, series of paranormal events during the winter of 1983.
1: Oh, so that's not. Oh, this isn't now. that
3: modern. That's pretty yeah. modern. 19, I mean, that's 33 years yeah. ago.
2: That was the year after I was born. Yeah, that's only 33 years yeah. ago. So I was one. When I mean, this woman was killed, I mean, like, I think mean,
0: about the '80s, like yeah, communism
2: but up in, and shit like that. Yeah, but up until today, I thought the last witch, witch trials, trials were in like so the 1600s. Yeah, yeah.
3: Up, up until like today, I thought the last like witch trial happened before slavery ended.
0: Well, they have them in Africa and shit all the time. Oh here, yeah, that still well,
1: happens all the time. Yeah, but that's Africa. <laughs> that
2: <laughs> that
0: does, shit doesn't it's count. Still in
2: the 1600s. I
1: mean, it does make. I mean, this is a little bit of an extreme case. actually, they're
2: still in the '80s, so I guess it does make sense. Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, but there was this. there was the you know the big Satanism witchcraft scare of the 90s.
3: Yeah, yeah, the 80s and Alice 90s both had that. Like uh, that. In the summer of 1982, Ash- in Ashire, Scotland, uh, native Carol Compton met her dream man, an Italian military soldier who swept her off her feet. Vampire. She'd fallen so hard for him that just a few short weeks after they met, Carol decided to pack up her entire life in order to reclo- uh, relocate closer to him. That decision would be the turning point that spun her entire life in a very strange direction. Once she'd settled nicely in England, Carol began looking for a job and landed a position as a live-in nanny for the Ricci family. While the work was mundane, it, was long, it wasn't long before strange occurrences began happening around the home. One afternoon, the family maid happened to notice that one of the Ricci family's many religious paintings had fallen off the wall. Coincidentally, or not, just as Carol had passed by. Uh, the maid who was herself sorry I'm just trying to show this to Lauren uh, the maid who was herself a very religious woman had suspected there was something off about Carol and secretly confessed her fears to the Ricci family with a busy family vacation just days away the family decided to reassess Carol's position when they returned but in the meantime the young woman would accompany them on a trip to the Alp uh, Italian Alps uh, during the trip no more than three mysterious fires broke out in the rented vacation home. That's fucking pretty creepy yeah uh, authorities confirmed that the bizarre fires were the cause of some faulty electrical wiring in the home but even though there had been a perfectly believable explanation the Ricci family were convinced that Carol had been the cause behind the fires she was immediately fired from her nanny position
0: although it's it's kind of I thought this happened in Scotland it's actually more believable that this happened in Italy
3: oh yeah in because the 80s. well because Italy's uh, justice system is like really balls ass crazy yeah huh, okay. Uh, it wasn't long before Carol found herself another nanny job, this time for the t- Tonti family. Tanti, Tanti, who lived with uh, their grandparents on the beautiful island of Elba. Oh, again, that's where Napoleon went. Yeah, it's supposed to be really nice there. Uh, again, the family instantly began experiencing a series of paranormal activity that ranged anywhere from loud bangs on the walls to objects moving around on their own. Carol herself uh, began to complain that she was hearing an unexplainable scratching sounds the, on the walls of her house. Uh, the family also witnessed on more than one occasion many of the r- religious icons falling off the walls and countertops whenever Carol was present in the room.
0: It sounds more like she was haunted by a poltergeist than being a witch. Yeah,
3: but some people think that uh, poltergeist activity is caused by the person that's uh, primarily experiencing it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be latent psychic activity, shit like that.
3: Uh, The family began to suspect that the young woman was a witch, specifically a Strega witch, an accusation which Carol laughed off wholeheartedly. Unfortunately for the Tonti family, the strange uh, reaction to religious paraphernalia wasn't the only thing that seemed to have followed Carol. One evening, a terrible fire broke out in the bedroom of the Tonti family's three-year-old daughter, nearly destroying the entire home. Thankfully, no one was harmed. However, when the police arrived, they recognized the strange young woman who had suspiciously also been at the scene of the Ricci house fires. With no other option, the police arrested Compton, who was charged with attempted murder. So I mean, I mean, that's like a pretty hard. Uh, Can you
0: scroll up a little bit? Right? That's a really disturbing picture of her.
2: Hmm. I just, just don't want to see. I it. Think I just they just put like a
0: satanic screen. seal behind. No, the it. one that you just scrolled off of.
3: What this one? Yeah, yeah
0: I, w- I wanted you to get that out of my sight. Actually,
3: we have to look at it, Mike.
1: Uh, it's just a blurry picture of her behind bars. Well, but I mean, it, I mean, how many times
3: have you had a fire happen to you?
1: Well, none. yet. <laughs>
3: okay, so, Jared, how many times have you been involved with like a house fire or like a fire in a place that you've been?
2: Like, like a full scale fire or just, just a like small fire? Like
3: a fire, yeah. Like it Just wasn't planned. It was an emergency. Somebody had to put it out and call 911
2: Not, well, or pull the fire call alarm or something. Oh, but
1: Mike no, said that, that one fire, that one time.
2: Call 911. That was the
1: biggest like fire we ever had. Was the time that Mike lit the cigarette thing on fire.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. That was totally well, yeah, me. It was pretty good, but yeah, but that was very easily I put, explainable. I put that out with uh, a glass of water. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, what I'm what I'm getting at is here, here is like it like doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and to happen especially, that many times
2: to especially one Especially in the
3: modern era, like, fires just don't happen as often as they used to, and it, like, almost never happens to somebody twice, you know? Yeah. Let alone, what, four times?
1: I have to yeah. agree with Mike. I think that it was uh, a poltergeist or maybe latent psych- uh, psychic powers and not just, like, not carols, not the nannies, because the stuff continued to go on after the nanny left.
0: No, 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 It's st- it stayed with the nanny.
1: So the nanny had a fire yeah. in her house? No.
0: No, it, in the it, different houses she worked for. Oh. Yeah, when she left the first family, it followed her to the next family.
2: Oh. Well, she's not just, like, a pyromaniac who's setting fires. Yeah, so
3: basically, uh, uh, there was, like, all kinds of tabloid press, uh, you know, saying, like, witch nanny, and uh, the yeah, girl they call a witch, like. Headlines like that and kind of, you know, obviously that would make news, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked about it on a previous episode, the curse of like flaming paintings. Well, obviously this is going to get just as much coverage, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carol never once admitted to having any paranormal abilities, nor did she confess to setting the strange fires that unfortunately didn't convince the court system, who kept her detained for 16 months before her trial was set. Numerous forensic experts testified that there was indeed a very strange nature to the bizarre fires, even going so far as to refer to them as abnormal. During the trial, the courts were so afraid of the young woman's supposed powers that she was only allowed in the courtroom if she was kept safely inside an iron-barred cage. And this is the oh, that's okay. This is uh, the picture that creeps you out. Yeah, it's definitely a negative energy coming off this photograph. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: so maybe she is a witch. Oh, yeah, because or well, I mean, it's just to...
3: really, really demeaning and shitty in the modern era to put a person in an iron-barred yeah. cage in a courtroom. Well, yeah, this
2: is from the 80s.
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, that's modern era, man. Like, think about it. Like, okay, think about like a courtroom now. Like, like the uh, the the defendant. Has to get like a shirt and tie. Like they have to give them that. Yeah. So they look like a normal, upstanding citizen. Like just so they don't even want people in jumpsuits in the courtrooms, you know, for their actual trial. This chick was in a cage. Well, the deal
1: (laughs) is, it's like. She's
3: already in a cage. Like she's so dangerous, she's in this cage.
1: Yeah, she knows that they're not going to treat her with any level headedness or anything like that because they're so scared to even deal with her that she has to be behind a cage. So you know that the the court's not going to deal fairly in her favor. So she's probably having a bad day. Well, fortunately for
3: Carol, she was found not guilty for attempted murder. On the other hand, she was charged with attempted arson and sentenced for two and a half years inside an Italian prison. Since she had spent that same amount of time awaiting her trial, Carol was released immediately, and for pretty obvious reasons, she moved to America and put the whole terrible spectacle behind her. Hmm. Okay. Definitely would do that. So...
0: Do they have anything of her since then?
3: Uh, There have been plenty of theories of what exactly happened to Carol during the years she spent in Italy, some of which uh, include poltergeist activity, psychokinesis, to unintentional magic spells cast. Even Carol herself suggested the possibility of a poltergeist, as the activity always seemed to get worse as the tensions inside the homes built. Years after the trial, Carol wrote a book, call, uh, book about the experience called Superstition, The True Story of the Nanny They Called a Witch, in which she recaps the experience from her own point of view. Okay. Well, there's no way to make any definitive conclusions about what happened during the months that Carol Compton lived with both the Ricci and Tonti families, anyone uh, familiar with poltergeist activity knows that people often report experiencing a range of violent activity that can range from uh, objects moving on their own to mysterious fires. So, uh, she's never faulted in her innocence. So, uh, I would say, yeah, probably poltergeist activity.
1: I actually think it might be more mundane. You think so? I think so because it doesn't mention anything happening to her, any sort of paranormal activity since moving to the United States. And I feel like if that were the case, this article it's just pure would be bad longer. Luck? Well, I think it's bad luck and well, shitty people. Well, maybe it was people. the dude. Yeah.
3: Maybe th- it was the Italian guy.
1: Well, I think it's bad luck in shitty people. I think that there's yeah. actually
0: no mention of him after the initial oh she met a guy and moved to Italy with him. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but
3: then they don't mention him in this in the article. We have to check out her book for
0: more
1: but details. Like, think about it. So you got the first family and they're already kind of feeling weird about her. They're like, Oh well maybe she knocked the stuff on the wall there's something wrong with her, blah blah blah. There's like some weird tensions.
0: And the maid is super religious, so she probably immediately goes to witchcraft.
1: She immediately goes to witchcraft. And then that story kind of gets out. She goes to the next place. There's already kind of like the thought, how convenient would it be if you didn't like someone or if you wanted to get insurance? This is in the 80s. You could easily go set your house on fire and blame it on someone else. because Blame it on a witch. Blame it on the witch and collect your insurance. I don't
3: think it's the time period that we should be focusing on more than it is uh, the Italian uh justice system yeah because even even the trial remember the american girl that was going to college in italy and she was put on trial uh twice maybe even three times now oh, for the uh, same thing for uh for murdering um her flatmate hmm. no, you, you don't mean, remember no, anything you don't remember anything about this no nobody i vaguely mm-hmm.
0: remember it. well
3: basically uh the basically what what it what had happened was uh, this chick got murdered by a uh, neighborhood prowler that mm-hmm. was it was kind of his mo. And they actually caught him and prosecuted him for murder, but then they also prosecuted uh, this American girl and her either English or Italian boyfriend. Uh, and and part of the prosecution was talking about how they were practicing witchcraft. And, like, they were in, like, some sort of sex cult. Some huh. evil, demonic sex cult or something. The prosecutors actually brought this shit in, in at least one of the trials. Jeez. And in one of the trials, she did get let off. And she immediately came home to the United States. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going back there.
1: Yeah, why would you? That but, would yeah, suck. I
3: mean, I, I think yeah, I think the Italian yeah, justice a, system even even just...
2: Yeah, it's pretty Just
1: arcane,
3: bringing a witch to trial yeah, is just, just insane. Just that,
2: that, yeah. That's an actual... Charge you can levy at someone, yeah, which get
0: arrested for like, and they bring you to court in an iron cage so you can't use your powers. Yeah, that's
3: yeah. insane for 1983.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the what was it? There was a uh, one kid I think it was last year who his friend in school chopped his head off because he was like practicing Wicca or whatever. Oh, this well, in that's... the United States.
3: Well, that's. Seems productive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like well, he looked down at his wrist. He had like a little rubber bracelet there, and it was like, "What would Jesus do?" Yeah, cut off, uh, a, witch's cut head. off a witch's head. Yeah, yeah yep. <laughs> it is what he <laughs> learned in church. Yeah, it,
1: it happens more often than you would think. It's ridiculous. Yeah,
2: suffer not a witch to live. <laughs> exactly.
3: Uh, UFO, which looks like the Star Wars Millennium Falcon, spotted in skies above New York.
1: Okay, he Are lives.
3: A man and his oh. girlfriend believe they have captured a bizarre UFO on camera just after stopping chewing. to film the sky oh. near New York. The craft, which has a shape similar to the Millennium Falcon from the Star Wars franchise, can be seen in the clip. You guys want to check out this clip? Yeah. Let's see.
2: Yeah. Wait, no. This That's is the wrong it. tab. That's the wrong tab. It really make me laugh if this was just a clip from the movie.
1: <laughs> that would be the. That's best. Just, it's <laughs> <laughs>
2: There it is. That's the
0: right one. That- Yep, you're there.
3: No, I'm there. There, w- there was another one that didn't have as many ads when I tried to click on it oh. that I wanted to play. But uh, let's go ahead and I'll just talk about it while it loads up.
2: This appears to be Transformers.
3: Yeah, this is a Transformers commercial. So we're going to have to sit through this. Uh, a man is... Uh, they stopped to film this guy in uh, New York. This isn't. This isn't in New York City. I'm not exactly sure where this is. The craft, which has a shape similar to that of the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars, can be seen in the clip. Here we go. Here's the clip. Okay.
1: It kind of does.
3: It does. Yeah. It, it's moving all slow. It definitely doesn't look like a
2: plane or anything. Yeah. It's uh. It's got. Yeah. It's definitely got the back. <laughs> they just switched to a toy of it. Yeah. They just showed a toy. The they, Yeah. Falcon. The back of it definitely looks like the engine. Like it's rounded. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know what that blackish square is on it though. That's you the cockpit. The-
3: yeah. Maybe that's. I don't know. This definitely isn't exactly the same
2: as the Millennium Falcon. No, but it no. is a little shaped like it. Ooh, and it just zipped off. Oh, yep. oh no. no, it's just yeah. a it's crappy just a camera. <laughs> camera. Yeah, <laughs> got all blurry, and it's over. But
3: yeah, so here's the close up with it. He uh, said it, it wasn't blinking lights, and the entire surface of the craft was lit up and glowing. See, that's the thing with the uh, you know the FAA requires that you have like certain co- colored lights on your airplane. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you know, and they have to, they, they, have to f- they have to blink in a certain order or whatever. And uh, so when you see stuff like this, you're like, well, that's not doing anything that it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, it's the shape of it's it. It's
2: all one color. Is
1: actually cause it's actually because like it's kind of elongated on the end and comes to a pseudo point on one end. It kind of looks like, and we'll probably end up talking about it later when we get to our feature, but it kind of looks like the the triangle diamond shaped craft.
3: Usually those are black. Usually they don't reflect any light. Yeah, usually, usually they're
0: black. Anything but the lights from them.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah, this one doesn't have lights, and it seems to be reflective over the entire surface.
2: So that's well, except for that one spot. Yeah, does that g- black spot kind of looks like it's diamond shaped?
3: It could. I mean the the photo. I mean the video is too crappy. It's very yeah. far away. Yes, yeah. They
1: always are.
3: And, and, and uh, I know that these kind of things could be faked, but I did listen to the video earlier with a couple talking. Mm-hmm. Either they're very good actors or they are, in fact, total morons. <laughs> so I do not think
2: that they faked Before this Or they are, in video. fact,
1: <laughs> shitting their pants. I
2: don't know. I mean, the majority of the people who get caught faking stuff like that are pretty stupid.
1: Usually, That's a good point. Usually the people who fake shit are kind of like stupid ass. But I mean,
2: this is a pretty good fake, and
3: these people didn't seem like they'd be able to make like a movie quality fake.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but a cell phone movie quality,
3: possibly. yeah, maybe. I mean, I definitely won't write it off, but no. a- after after my week last week,
1: uh, oh yeah, I feel
3: uh, God, I feel yeah. willing
2: to believe.
1: <laughs> there was <laughs> a lot
0: too. of that
2: shit. Last well, the week. Uh, the the zipping off frame, and then him having the move on there—that seems like too good a detail to a well, fake. I think no, that no, was it him moving it off. his no. camera. No, no, I mean him moving the camera and it moving like that. No, well, it way was, move it like was, him. No,
3: it was just him moving the camera. No,
2: I know. That's what I'm saying. Is that touch to it if it was a fake? That's a pretty detail-oriented touch that I don't think most people would oh, have yeah, done. Oh, yeah, like it been. Yeah, it would have been just straight footage of the thing. Yeah, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have
0: twitched. It they was would've... too
1: shitty of a move yeah, for it to be fake. Where he just twitched his hand and then
0: readjusted.
2: Yeah, that's a big fuck-up.
1: That's a
3: good point. Uh, next in UFOs, uh, residents of Devon were shocked when a UFO was spotted hovering above the area. Bizarre please, light can please. be see- seen hovering in the distance in amateur footage taken recently by 43-year-old Tanya Davis and her 15-year-old daughter, Charlie. The footage was taken from their home in Devon and appears to show a white light hovering calmly in the distance. The mother and daughter duo claim that the uh, entity remained there for around two to three minutes, after which it slowly disappeared into the distance. Friends told uh, Mrs. and Miss Davis that the light could have originated from a drone, but the pair said that it was too big and silent for that to be the case.
0: Well, I mean, if it was far away, you wouldn't hear the
3: drone. True. Yeah. Well, you can kind of hear them if it's quiet enough. I don't know how quiet it is in Devon in the UK.
1: Yeah, I have no Uh, idea.
3: The pair were so struck with fear that they telephoned the nearby extra airport in the hope that they could shed some light on the mystery, but officials were unable to. The news comes just days after a mysterious UFO was spotted orbiting the sun. I didn't see that article. I haven't heard of <laughs> that. I
1: haven't seen that. Oh
3: no, we did talk about that on a previous episode actually. Did, did we? we?
0: Okay. We might. Yeah, have. I think we did. It's hard to remember all the things uh, th-
3: about. The reason why I uh, bring this one up is because this looks similar to what we saw last weekend.
0: Yeah, well, it was yeah. it was a little dot, little dot, just like that, and
3: uh well, let's let's start the story from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was coming back from Ocala, and I was I I was in Tampa on my way back to where we live, and. Uh, Mike texted me that there was like crazy amount of sky sounds that you guys heard.
0: Yeah, yeah, this was the first time I was ever actually able to get Lauren out to listen to them.
1: Yeah, because normally I'm asleep when this goes down, but yeah. I was hanging out in the living room and I came out there. And it was the loudest, most deafening sound.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like a nuclear explosion.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. It sound well like a nuclear explosion is depicted in film anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what a nuclear explosion yeah, sounds life, like, I and I, I hope that, that I like, never I know. Hope to never know. <laughs>
0: But, you know, it sounds like what in a movie, you see a nuclear explosive. It's like that, that long, <sighs> rippling sound. Yeah, the like
3: super crackling loud, and though, yeah. deep bass reverberations. Yeah, it was well, anyway, so, so we, strange. So he texted me that, and I was like, that's fucking crazy. Okay, I'm not close enough to hear it. I tried to hear it. And then on my way home, well, I got probably like uh, between like... um am um, trying to think of the city's name. Doesn't matter. Near <laughs> countryside. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Countryside and, is the city. Yeah, that's not a city. What's the Oldsmar? Oldsmar. Yeah. Between Oldsmar and Countryside, on that bridge there, mm-hmm. I spotted uh, five uh, dots like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
3: And there was a formation of two. There was like two that were close together, and then behind those, there was like three close together, and they were definitely moving, kind of darting around, mm-hmm. like fireflies. They were. Uh, this one looks like pretty much like white or silver. The one that I saw looked like. Uh, like kind of reddish, yeah. like copper Yeah, because you told
1: Mike and then we looked up and the one we saw was copper Yeah, so I
3: immediately called Mike, yeah, and said, hey, look in this direction where I'm at right now and see what you can see. And he didn't see anything at first, but then you ended up seeing two, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, they were so far away. It was...
1: They were very tiny. It was super dim. Like,
0: it, it could be... Like, if... It could honestly be so far and so dim that my mind was just making it up. But I don't you,
1: think so because like, you and I were pointing at the same area.
0: That's true. Because you and didn't
1: point directly at it, and I said, oh, that right there, and I actually. And it was pointed. the direction
3: that I told you to look,
0: yeah. too. Yeah, and that was the same shit that me and Jared saw that one night a couple weeks ago, too, when we were outside. It was much. The ones that me and Jared saw, same direction, same color, but much, much clearer. Like, it was really obvious.
3: Yeah, well, when I saw them, they were obvious. They were darting around all weird. They could have been Chinese lanterns. um, No, they don't
1: move like that.
3: Well, maybe, like, something with, like, like shadows or reflection from the moon or something made it appear to do that. I don't know. Chinese
0: lanterns, I don't think they can get up that high. They
1: can. They can get up really, really high. Can they? Oh, yeah. They go up all
3: the way to where there's, like, not enough oxygen, and then they fall out. Yep. My
0: so, Chinese lantern buffeted by wind, maybe.
1: But it was moving. It was moving. I don't in know. It weird, was definitely weird. Diagonal lines. Yeah. Like, Chinese lanterns wouldn't do that.
3: Yeah. I yeah. I think I saw a UFO. It definitely uh, creeped me out. It looks
1: like the UFO that Stuart and I saw on the cruise ship.
0: Yeah, I've seen UFOs like that before that too. It, it just moved
1: like... in weird uh, diagonal lines. And right. you know, I've
0: seen the triangular ones that look like. It might be a plane, but then you look at it and you're like, no, there's no way that's a plane. That's
3: That's something else entirely. That's something else entirely. Uh, Real quick, let's go to uh, Lost Age Old Book Reveals Alien UFOs Visiting Earth for at Least 300 Years. Uh, Yeah, all this stuff's going to be in the show notes also, guys. You guys can uh, check out the show notes at somethingplanet.com. So, that was actually one of the messages we got. Like, where can I find the show notes? Yeah. SomethingPlanet.com, uh, Mysteriousnesses.com. We have purchased, and we will have that going pretty soon.
1: <laughs> one day.
3: Someday soon. <laughs> so, this is a. Uh, Uh, A Latin book, it's a mathematics textbook. It was published in 1716, but shockingly on the cover shows a UFO emerging from the clouds. The disc-shaped object appears eerily similar to descriptions of crafts which have been frequently spotted menacing Earth. So so this is uh, uh, a cover of a textbook. They recently uh, posted it onto Google Books. It was like scanned. Never before scanned digitally, and uh, this is the cover.
0: Uh, I'm with Jared. I think that's supposed to be God, honestly.
3: Well, it's like yeah, it's it's like the sun that like King Arthur has on his shield.
2: Yeah,
0: it's. I think it's supposed to be a depiction of God as the burning wheel. But the
1: question is, why is God so often mentioned as the burning wheel?
2: Is he supposed to be like the wheel of knowledge, and you're not supposed to know what he is? So it's like a symbolic thing.
3: So then, why are they drawing it coming out of the clouds? Why don't they just draw it like at a church?
1: Yeah, it literally looks like it's going zoom, like <laughs> it's Yeah, even, no, it
3: does look like
0: it's, it's zooming. It's because even
1: got like little speed arrows little, little behind speed it, arrow,
3: lightning bolts behind those, yeah, it. I think well, those are actually got, supposed to be got, When
2: bullets. God had started the in the Dark Ages, that's when they started doing the real religious God as a as a human being coming out of churches, very very holy. But old style. Like, before Dark Ages, uh, religious paintings like that. God always was a always came out of the clouds. Yeah. It always came from the sky. Yeah, it was always a was giant always mothership yeah.
3: that came <laughs> out of the sky and gave us gold and technology.
0: That <laughs> is correct.
2: Yeah. And, and set monsters upon us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What exactly. look,
0: look at what else is on the cover here. What's that egg-shaped thing? on the, uh, I guess that's a mountain on the bottom right there. It's yeah. a
1: signature.
2: Uh, that's a pretzel. That's probably, yeah, that's that's probably a, the artist's signature. It's a peach. Okay. I guess. <laughs> it looks uh, like two snakes and a peach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, or maybe it's two snakes and
0: an apple. Could re- be the apple of knowledge.
3: Maybe. Maybe. Know. Yeah. That's definitely a UFO. I
1: think it's just an area for the artist to kind of put their little stamp. <laughs>
3: All right, that's well, uh, whatever you think of it. Before we take a break and uh, and then come back for our feature segment, I do want to talk about uh, ten unbelievable wartime monster sightings.
1: Oh, okay.
3: So uh, we'll just kind of scan through these real quickly. Uh, the U twenty eight Sea Crocodile. Uh, during World War One, the British steamer uh, Iberian was cruising off the coast of Ireland when it was attacked by a German submarine U twenty eight, pictured above. Uh, the Iberian tried to flee, but U-28 pursued, firing shells and torpedoes. After taking two direct hits, the Iberian tipped and sank with her bow in the air. Uh, basically, after that, uh, the underwater, the boiler exploded. Right? Mm-hmm. And... The blast threw a mysterious sea creature out of the water. The animal was 20 meters long, or like 65 feet long, and it was crocodile-like in shape with pairs of strong front and hind legs adapted for swimming. Could
0: have been like a plesiosaur, maybe?
3: Yeah, maybe. That seems like what they're describing. Whatever
1: the Loch Ness Monster is supposed to be.
3: Yes, well, plesiosaur... Well, no, no. A plesiosaur is what the Loch Monster is supposed to be. What's yeah. There's a... There's the ichthyo a ichthyo... There's an old, like, dinosaur thing that looks like a giant crocodile with I think ichthyosaurus is what it's called. I'm so not that.
1: sure, but the, pl- the plesiosaur is what the Loch yeah. Monster yeah. is supposed to be.
3: So, yeah, this was actually... Like, the captain of this U-boat actually wrote this in the log. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome.
3: <laughs> so, like, that's pretty crazy. That
1: is really cool.
3: Uh, number nine is the Morbach Monster. Uh, the German town of Witchlich is home to a strange legend, which might not be a legend at all if Uf- U.S. soldiers stationed in the area are to be believed. According to the story, a deserter from Napoleon's army found his way to the town, where he attacked and murdered a local farmer and his wife. However, before the farmer's wife drew her last breath, she cast a curse on the feral soldier, turning him into a monstrous wolf. Mad with rage, the creature rampaged through the countryside until a mob of townsfolk hunted it down and killed it uh, The story is actually fairly well known there's a uh local American football team even called that even called themselves the Morbach monsters
0: I think that's what like most modern werewolf lore is based on actually well no' because like-
3: werewolf lore goes back even way further than like the Napoleon wars yeah
0: but like I'm talking about like the modern stuff of a man turning into a wolf like, yeah that's fairly new as far as werewolves and skin changers go. Uh,
3: According to two anonymous accounts collected by the University of Pittsburgh, military policemen investigating a perimeter alarm stumbled upon a dog-like animal which stood up on its hind legs and looked at them. Hmm. The creature then took three long leaping steps and jumped over a high fence. Uh, The accounts differ on the exact height of the fence but agree that it was taller than a man. Uh, The beast then disappeared into a forest. A sniffer dog was brought in but... It went berserk with fear, refusing to track the creature. Huh. That always freaks me out when when like dogs when like dog won't deal with when, the, it. when the when the dogs are like trained to do like one thing. That's yeah. like their most favorite thing to do is like track something and then they just won't. That yeah. freaks me out. It's like, all right, maybe we then should maybe
2: do that. we should get mm-hmm. this one. Maybe we should let out. this
0: one go. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, because most of the time those dogs just want to fucking run after everything yeah. anything that their master tells them to, you know? Uh Let's see, he collected, uh, University of Maine's anthropologist Matthias Berger subsequently collected several other stories from U.S. servicemen who said they had seen strange animals or odd movements deep in the woods. One airman said he had been stalked by a hidden howling beast while walking his dogs. Another witness rejected the theory that the Americans might have been startled by local wild hogs. I grew up on a farm in the USA, and this was no hog. So... That sounds cool. Here's another one. The Hound of Mons. In 1919, a number of Oklahoman newspapers published a terrifying story from a Canadian World War I veteran named Captain F.J. Newhouse. According to Newhouse, allied soldiers in the trenches at Mons had found themselves hunted by a terrifying beast. It all started in 1914 when Captain Yeeks of the London few sailors took four soldiers out into no man's land on patrol. When they didn't return, they uh, their concerned comrades thought they might have been intercepted by the Germans. But days later, their dead bodies were found just as they had been dragged down with teeth marks... At their throats.
1: Holy shit.
3: From that point, uh, things only got worse. Terrible howls, echo- howls echoed across the landscape, and soldiers reported seeing strange movements beyond the barbed wire. Patrols into No Man's Land would be found horribly mauled, as if by some great beast. Then, just as suddenly as it had appeared, the creature seemed to disappear again. Huh. The mystery was only resolved when German scientist Gottlieb Hallmüller was killed in a Berlin riot at the end of the war. Apparently, Hallmüller's papers revealed a dastardly plot, uh, plot to transfer a madman's brain into a giant Siberian wolfhound, which was subsequently released into no man's land. Goddamn what? German scientists. This was part of a series of experiments with Hallmüller hoped would end the war in Germany's favor. How even a crazy dog was supposed to resolve a world war remains unclear.
0: <laughs> Fucking German
3: scientists.
1: So, we do research on this Huckmuller uh, guy?
3: Yeah, he's doing some cool shit. That's
1: crazy. Putting as crazy fuck. people into
3: animals? Uh, for one, that's a bad idea.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it could be executed. Don't put very the well.
3: serial killer into a, like, a wolf body, a
1: stronger <laughs> thing.
3: Yeah. Uh, the little Bigfoot. Uh, the British zoologist John McKinnon achieved fame in, 1990s when, in the 1990s when he helped discover three new mammals in Vietnam's remote uh, Va Quang Nature Reserve. But in his 1974 book, In Search of the Red Ape, McKinnon suggested that there might be an even more extraordinary creature hiding in the rainforests of Southeast Asia. According to McKinnon, he was trekking through the Malaysian state of Sabah when I stopped dead, amazed at what I saw. I knelt down to examine the disturbing footprint in in the earth. A print so like a man's, yet so definitely not a man's, that my skin crept and I felt a strong desire to head home. The toes looked quite human, as did the shapely heel, but the sole was both too short and too broad to be that of a man, and the big toe was on the opposite side to what seemed to be the arch of the foot. This thing's got some jackass feet. Oh, real quick, feet. did
0: you hear that's st- The new story, uh, the new Bigfoot sighting, where some dude caught Bigfoot jacking off in the woods.
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, no.
0: I, I just saw that the other day. I didn't even read the story, but I saw the headlines.
1: <laughs> that I seems was like all like right. It best... must have already
3: been debunked because I didn't see it doing any like, research Like you know, how, that. like
1: when someone asks an obvious question, they go, "Oh, well, do I go to sleep at night?" Like the response is a very obvious response. I feel like that should be the response. now like, "Oh, does Bigfoot jack off in the woods?" Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably.
2: I mean, where else would he do it?
1: Yeah.
3: So um, I love that. So this guy McKinnon, his experience helped bring wider attention to the legend of the Bat Tut. The little Bigfoot that supposedly lurks in the jungles of Indochina and Borneo, which may which may help explain the unusual sight and reported in Craig P. J. Jorgensen's book *Strange but True Stories of Vietnam* of the Vietnam War. According to Jorgensen, six unnamed American soldiers were deep in the Vietnamese jungle when they spotted a strange ape-like creature, around 150 centimeters tall. It was covered in red hair, walking upright through the clearing. The soldiers speculated that it could be an orangutan, but then realized that there were no orangutans in Vietnam. <laughs> Sadly, the creature vanished quickly.
0: It could be. Wait, are there no Viet? Are there orangutans in Cambodia, though? I don't know.
1: I don't know.
3: I feel
0: like there are orangutans in Cambodia. I don't
1: know enough about it to discredit yeah, this I have article no idea or where not. The orangutans yeah. live.
0: Yeah, because it sounds exactly like an orangutan.
3: Uh, Here's the Congo snake. Uh, Colonel Remy van Liedre was a Belgian pilot who became well-known for his heroic exploits in World War II. Among other feats, van Liedre escaped from a German prisoner of war camp and made it safely to Britain, where he became an ace in the Royal Air Force. But his famous monster sighting came years later when he was returning from a mission in the Congo. According to him, he was flying over the jungle in a helicopter when he spotted a giant snake, very dark green, with his belly white Which he estimated to be 15 meters in length. So, this is like the famous picture of like the giant snake. But, uh, I've like this, this has always been, this has been in books since I was like a kid, or before I was even a kid. Picture of this giant snake taken from an airplane. It's supposed to be 50 feet long.
1: Jesus. But there's
3: nothing in the photo that shows any sort of, uh, any sort of like context, yeah. Any sort of context.
1: Ah, uh, that's unfortunate. So, oh, okay.
3: Let me go back. So here's the photo. It's like that's supposed to be a fifty foot snake. Yeah, taken but that could be a that could be a ground. two foot snake.
0: like yeah. yeah.
1: Instead of trees, that could just be pieces of moss next to a regular sized snake. Yeah,
0: honestly, it just looks like the ground. I mean,
3: amazing. the Amazon uh, doesn't. Doesn't the Amazon? Uh, the Amazon is what has giant anacondas, right?
1: It does. Yeah. Yeah, and
3: and supposedly there's snakes that could be fifty feet long in the Amazon. Yeah. I so mean boa constrict um not
0: boa constrictors, but certain constrictors could just basically never stop growing. Certain ones, depending do. on their diet.
1: It's possible. It's you know it's not a uh, a giant snake doesn't really fall into the cryptid category for me as much yeah, since i mean, you yeah. have there's the amazon you know the snakes in the amazon it's like that yeah that's those have this been is in verified. the congo yeah
3: but i mean who knows maybe there might, maybe there's giant monster snakes there uh or it's just maybe he's just bullshitting
1: yeah <laughs> it's a similar climate so
3: i liked this one this one's called the mist for oh. all the elaborate dragon and werewolf sightings doubtless boor- uh, boring soldiers the world over sometimes the creepiest supernatural sightings leave plenty to the imagination Uh, Take the case of Robert L. Pollock, a crew member of C-130 cargo aircraft during the Vietnam War. In an interview with the Paranormalist, uh, Pollock related a disturbing experience while flying just off the coast of South Vietnam. I noticed movement in the rear of the boxcar-sized empty cargo compartment. I looked and was stunned to see a whirling, gray, cloudy mass forming at the rear right trap door. The mass was whirling clockwise. It completely filled the entire rear of the aircraft within seconds. Naturally, Pollock assumed there was a technical problem, but none could be found. Before long, the whole crew had joined Pollock, and they just continued to back away from the mass as it advanced towards the front of the aircraft. When Pollock placed his hand inside the mist, it simply vanished from sight. Then he and the plane's engineer decided to step inside the strange fog, finding that it completely blocked their vision, as if no light could penetrate it. But otherwise, the mist had no smell or taste and dinner interfere with breathing. Pollock said he couldn't even feel it. Uh, luckily, the problem was solved when the mass began to go away uh, the way it had appeared, only in reverse. When it got back to the place that had first started forming, it whirled counterclockwise and then just disappeared into nothing. Sensibly, Pollock and the other crew members decided to just pretend the incident had never happened and didn't discuss it further.
0: Yeah, probably a good idea. But
1: they definitely did discuss it further because we have that story now. Well, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> they didn't
0: like tell their rep- reported or anything like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, what are you gonna say? Who's gonna find? There was the like
3: police? a creepy mist, and they're like, "All right, everybody, line up for a drug test." Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: <laughs> like we know that LSD is making its way its round.
3: Yeah, exactly. So they're not gonna say anything. Um, yeah, all right, That's definitely very creepy. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with uh, our talk on the secret government space programs. We'll be right back. Start our feature segment, the uh, secret government space programs, but uh, I do want to give a quick uh, viewer discretion advisement, or listener discretion advisement.
0: Viewers. People who are watching this, you're not doing it right. I, yeah, I've
3: been I, I, I've been smoking weed and I've been in this hole of the secret government space programs for too long. I feel like I'm losing my mind.
1: It's daunting. It's it's a huge subject. There's yeah, so I much did...
0: shit out
3: there. When, when, when I when i picked this uh, topic I, I didn't realize i thought there was going to be just like one secret government space program
0: no there's which government are you talking about the governments that we know of the breakaway governments
3: are you talking Breaka- about the new world secret governments Order? New, yeah there's there's tons okay so <laughs> there's if there's so
2: much the underground lizard man
3: government yeah i'm sure there's one of those too uh, mm-hmm. yeah basically if there's a secret society or government they probably have a space program if all of this shit is to be believed yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, basically,
3: program. the the idea of a secret government space program or programs is that uh, breakaway governments have been funneling money from uh, existing governments for years and years and years, and have built up space stations or uh, space fleet
0: colonies, uh,
3: colonies on different planets or different moons, uh, communications with extraterrestrials. Uh, Remote viewing of secret facilities
1: planets.
3: Yeah, who knows I, I mean it, it, it's crazy. so there there's some prominent ones out there. I guess we'll start the talk with um, solar warden. This is one of the ones that is uh, this is one of the more popular ones I see on the internet.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of the more consistent stories and theories out there. Yeah,
3: this is uh, from Huffington Post from several years ago. Uh, Since approximately 1980, a secret space fleet codenamed Solar Warden has been in operation unknown to the public. Is this nonsense, or is it a conspiracy to simply, uh, or is it simply so sensitive that it will cause uproar around the world? These are my own words after conducting research into the secret program whilst conducting uh, FOI, Freedom of Information, requests with the DOD. Uh, In 2010, I had a very unexpected response by email from which this read. So this is uh, from Darren Perks, who posted this on the Huffington Post. Uh, So this is the uh, email response. About an hour ago, I spoke to a NASA rep who confirmed this was their program and that it was terminated by the president. He also informed me that it was not a joint program with the DoD. The NASA rep informed me that you should be directed to the Johnson Space Center FOIA manager. So
0: he directed this request to the Department of Defense and got an answer from NASA.
3: Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's a real thing
2: if you got a response from it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I
1: mean, it's a real thing because you well, see... Well, they,
2: they admit in the email that it's a real thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you see in a lot of a lot of people who are into the paranormal and stuff have really been trying to utilize the Freedom of uh, Information Act in our favor. It never really works out that way. Uh
3: But there's tidbits that they... There's
1: little tidbits you get. I mean, a lot of times people get just, like, giant redacted pages where it's nothing but Sharpie marker. Yeah. And the fact that they responded and just passed him on to someone else, probably in the hopes that they would shut him down, makes it believable to me.
2: So what is Solar Warden?
3: Okay, he goes on to say the program not only operates uh, classified under the U.S. government, but also under the United Nations Authority. So you might be wondering, how do I know this information? Well, there are a few people and many others that have tried hard to find out the truth, and I have succeeded by leaked information or simply asking questions and have government departments slip up and give away information freely, just like what happened when Darren Perks asked the DOD. Uh, One notable contributor is Gary McKinnon. When Gary McKinnon hacked into U.S. Space Command computers several years ago and learned of the existence of non-terrestrial officers, so this uh, refers Aliens. to this uh, refers to like a computer hacker, I think, in 2002. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, Solar Warden, if you missed it, Jared is a secret space fleet that we have.
2: Okay, so it's an actual like space army. Yeah, think like yeah. Star or Trek. Armada. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. So, so he basically he hacked into. Uh, U.S. Space Command computers, and he learned of the existence of non-terrestrial officers. That's, I mean, that's like one just little tidbit that he found of like people being referred to as non-terrestrial officers.
0: Yeah, it also mm-hmm. mentions fleet-to-fleet transfers and a secret program called Solar Warden.
2: Well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's an alien officer. No, it no. no, just I, mean that no it just means that he's an officer uh, not on this planet. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I would think. Is yeah. that he's, it, he's specifically, he's, he's a space admiral. A, yeah. Yes, for a, better, a better Kirk. term for it.
0: Yeah, he's James... Well, yeah, later, James Kirk.
3: Yeah, he's Tiberius Kirk. He's the first no, one. No, he, was, he <laughs> was
0: just
2: a regular captain.
0: Yeah. Uh, Kirk became an admiral later, but he got busted back down to captain a few no, times. No, no, I mean,
2: he wasn't a space captain. No. He was just a regular captain, because his captainhood applied on Earth. These guys are only captains in space.
3: That's true. Uh... He he was actually charged by the Bush Justice Department with having committed the biggest military computer hack of all time. Which Bush? The First
2: one. Second one. Yeah. Okay, George Bush. They're Uh, both George. They're both George. W. Bush. Bush. (laughs) Yeah. W. Bush. Junior. Junior. Okay.
3: He stood to face prison time of up to 70 years after extradition from the U.K., but uh, trying Ernest McKinnon in open court would involve his testifying to the above-classified facts, and his attorney would be able to subpoena government officers to testify under oath about the Navy's space fleet. To date, the extradition of McKinnon to the U.S. has gone nowhere. And we do have an extradition treaty with the U.K. Yeah.
1: So that's one of the best things. Like That little sentence right there speaks volumes like if if this was all bullshit if there was nothing that the government had to care about as far as what would come out of this he would
3: already be in jail
1: he'd be in jail he'd be locked (laughs) away
3: i mean they would subpoena somebody and they'd be like what exactly are uh non-terrestrial officers
1: it's like (laughs) oh well you know it's just people like out in the ocean they're not on land. like some stupid answer like that you know if that was all it was
3: well you can't lie when you put your hand on the bible
1: Nope. Yeah, apparently it's not. fact. Apparently, apparently not.
3: fact, you can't but lie. But that's
1: the, that's the best thing about... Just that one little sentence, I think, is beautiful.
3: Uh, McKinnon also found out about the ships or craft within Solar Warden. It is said that uh, there are approximately eight cigar-shaped motherships, each longer than two football fields end-to-end, and 43 small scout ships. The Solar Warden space fleet operates under the U.S. Naval Network and Space Operations Compa- Command. Uh, Formerly called the Naval Space Command. There are approximately 300 personnel involved at that facility with the figure rising. So, this is like all stuff that this guy hacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Solar Warden is said to be made up from U.S. Aerospace Black Projects contractors, but with some contribution of parts and systems by Canada, United Kingdom, Italy, Australia, Russia, and. Oh, sorry, Austria, Russia, and Australia. It is also said that the program is tested and operated from secret military bases such as Area 51. So should we just write this off as utter, utter nonsense? No, we shouldn't. And as time goes on, the truth will slowly come out. Many I thought people- you
2: were asking, asking us. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, no, I, I don't think it should be utter nonsense. I mean, no, 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 that sounds... Yeah, no, I think Lauren's point, the fact that they just don't have this guy in jail for the yeah. rest of his life speaks volumes.
1: Yeah, he hacked the government. Uh, that's insanely illegal. If it was, if if there wasn't something from for them to lose from that, they would have him in jail. But obviously, there is something involved in this, whatever yeah, it may be. You it know, would be a loss. You know for what the else
0: government. he's done? I mean, here just another reason why he should be in jail. Uh, after the September 11th attacks in 2001, he deleted weapons logs at a naval station, rendering its network of 300 computers inoperable, and paralyzing munition supply deliveries for the Atlantic fleet.
3: So he shut down a portion of the military right after 9-11. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he
2: should
0: definitely and be in jail And yet he is not in jail. I was going to
2: say, there's the chance that he didn't actually hack anyone. He's just making all that up, but... If he on record has done that then yeah. Oh
0: no, there's there's charges on the f- on the system for this guy. But okay. they don't bother to
2: extradite. But not bothering yeah. to extradite him. Yeah. Well, it could be that he's already working for the government. They might have uh, showed his, up and threatened him. His uh
0: his hacker code name by the way was Solo. I don't know if you've ever heard of that.
3: Yeah, I've heard of that. He's he's like a famous hacker. Yeah. He's like an old man at this point, he's I think. He's 50. Okay. He's an old man for a hacker.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs>
0: sure. Most of the yeah, they usually retire and take high paying jobs by by that time. Yeah, uh,
3: here's here's another. He could be a space captain Code name, right uh, Black Star. Black Star, not the one with Talib Quali, is the reported code name of the secret United States orbital space plane system. The possible existence of the Black Star program was reported in March 2006 by Aviation Week and Space Technology. Uh, magazine. The magazine reported that the program had been underway since at least the early 1990s and that the uh, impetus for Black Star was to allow the United States government to rein orbital reconnaissance capabilities jeopardizing following the 1986 Challenger disaster. The article also said the United States Air Force Space Command was unaware of Black Star, suggesting it was operated by an intelligence agency such as the uh, National Reconnaissance Office.
1: So this is just
3: another, like, that's what that's what I said at the beginning. Like, there's so many secret space programs. There's
1: so many secret ones. And, like, the ones that you've heard about or the ones that might be on the internet probably aren't even the ones that are really... The problem. The problem. Like, there's... It goes so deep. And there's so many different quote-unquote secret space programs to cover up the one before it that when you dig through it all, you probably haven't found the actual one. And that's that's how they keep it so secret.
3: Yeah, so in uh, the 70s, uh, there was a TV uh, TV station called Anglia. Is that how you say that, Mike? Angelia? Anglia? Anglia? Anglia TV. Yeah, I guess it's like Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. Anglia TV in the UK uh, broadcast an edition of its popular science report, Strand, that uncovered a story so colossal it would change the world. The episode was titled Alternative 3 and began with an investigation into a string of mysterious uh, disappearances among top scientists. What followed was sensational. The scientists the show discovered had been recruited into a top secret clandestine space program designed to build a base on Mars in anticipation of a forthcoming ecological ca- catastrophe on Earth. Uh, so basically, what uh, this this turned out to be like a War of the Worlds like like hoax joke mm-hmm. broadcast thing, but like people today think that it was actually made a hoax just to let the people who made it off the hook. You know? Yeah. Um
2: that's some pretty deep conspiracy twisting well, right there. Well, I mean,
3: it it, it, uh, it lines up with a lot of the other secret space program shit that's out there. And uh, also, I mean, the only thing that uh, like raises red flags with me is that if they're designing a uh, base to build on Mars in anticipation of an ecological catastrophe on Earth, than like a, like an eco- ecological catastrophe on Earth, Earth is still would still be easier to live on than Mars. Like, Mars
2: is worst case scenario for our Earth. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, this yeah. yes, that, w- when, that w- this was made in that was from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a possibility they've always known. Well, I mean they've been talking about how we're kind of destroying the ozone layer and all this environmental damage for for such a long time, and we're only just now acknowledging it and a lot of people think it might be even too late we've already irreparably damaged it so it could be they were preparing for like hey it's going to take us about 20 years to get ready to go to mars we need to start getting people working on this now and in secret because we know we're not stopping the fuck up shit the fucked up shit we're doing in the world
3: right i get that but what i'm saying is that the worst-case scenario of Earth is that it just turns into Mars. So if you could figure out how to live on Mars, then you you. could figure out how to live on Earth in its worst ecological state.
0: Yeah, which is completely uninhabitable to any form of life. If
1: it is purely an ecological problem... Without spaceships. If it's purely an ecological problem, then I I would agree with you, but I would imagine that whatever sort of horrible thing they're planning on probably isn't purely ecological. There's one
2: scenario that isn't that where Mars is better, that's nuclear fallout. That's exactly where that I'm That is going true. With yeah. It? yeah. If if the Earth is irradiated to the point where you can't live on the Earth, Mars, Mars Back in the 70s, better. that was a very that's true. That the 70s was very uh, worried about nuclear which, fallout, which
3: speaks to this being fish fiction, too. Correct. Yeah. Um, that points to that. But here. I mean, yeah, the, 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 it's always the idea like, oh, if, if Earth gets too messed up, we'll uh. Go to Mars and terraform Mars and it'll be like this brand new thing. But it's like if we could terraform Mars, we could terraform Earth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Unless so. Earth is radioactive.
2: Yeah.
3: Right.
1: And in that case, yeah, Mars would be or, better.
2: Or uh the you know, the atmosphere is blocked out by ash. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Explo- you know, uh ash or we just destroy the ozone, in which case it's not livable. I think there's an ozone on Mars.
0: There is a small an atmosphere on
2: Mars. There is. I mean,
0: yeah, there is. So, but if
1: we were to destroy our own ozone, right? If that it's would our own be ozone is
2: destroyed, and the greenhouse would be there. Yeah, there's Mars enough. Might be better. There's
0: enough atmosphere on Mars to protect you from solar radiation.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, going back before we move on to something, back to the Solar Warden story. There, uh, you mentioned that they there's a lot of testing that's being done on Earth for these ships. Maybe that's what all those spaceship sightings we were seeing is them. Testing a, new ships for the Solar Warden program. Yeah, that's. I mean, totally. that, yeah, yeah, that's
3: definitely a common yep. uh, theme among uh, theories for UFO sightings. Is that it? It is just these. Uh, most of the time, it's not aliens. Most of the time, it's just right. something from well, our that's, secret that's space Well, that's often program. something
2: that's brought up uh, when people say, "Like I saw UFOs." Like, oh, it's probably just a military ship being tested. Well, it might be. It might be a UFO, like a sp- actual spaceship that the military is testing.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because, um, and we'll probably talk about it later, um, but uh, Richard Dolan mentions um, in a thing that he did a while uh, back in 2014, that in the year 2013, there were 1,500 UFO sightings in that year in the United States and Canada alone. 1,500? 1,500, which equals out to about 40 sightings a day. So That's
3: quite a bit. It's quite a bit for yeah. our government to say nothing's happening.
1: Exactly. So that would, you know, it would make more sense if a good portion of those sightings were from us, were terrestrial, you know, made or whatever. Well, a lot
2: of those sightings, they they actually say the stock line of uh, "we can neither confirm nor deny that anything is happening." That's a
3: good line. Yeah, it's a good line. So. Uh,
2: Because it's not a lie. This article says that even
3: though NASA was a a civilian organization that was started in 1958, uh, the U.S. Air Force continued to operate an almost entirely unknown vast and clandestine parallel space program even after the formation of NASA. I can see that. Totally. Well, because up until the creation of NASA, any sort of technology that we were working on to go to space or to travel space or to look into space what fell under the dominion of the Air Force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't just, like, give it up immediately,
0: do Yeah, right? I, don't, I, don't, I don't even see why or that wouldn't still be in existence today. Like, it, it kind of seems... It's like, why wouldn't they have a space program?
3: Well, at, at it, it, it lists it lists like the f eleven 7 a Nighthawk. Uh, they were financed, uh, developed, and built, and operated under total secrecy. The Nighthawk's existence wasn't revealed publicly until 1988, 11 years after its first flight. So if you look at this thing, this is like the, uh, the Stealth Fighter yeah. is what its nickname is. It yeah, looks freaking crazy. stealth bomber. And that thing was flying around for 11 years.
0: Oh, yeah. We all loved those things when we were kids. Like, yeah. It's yeah, oh, yeah. a cool Before
3: they
2: everybody's favorite uh, fighter plane. Yeah. yeah I, I, ha- I think I, I had
3: a Trapper it, Keeper exactly folder. That yeah, yeah, I, I had, had that one on too. That. Yeah.
2: The wedge black reflective. It looks like a badass alien ship. It does.
3: Yeah, so this... Uh, postulates could they have a similar top secret space projects that remain entirely unknown to the public now. It,
2: Absolutely. It seems yeah. more likely that they do than they don't. Well, they, ha- they have all kinds of stuff that we don't know about until about 10 years after they they come out of it. Like Stuff that we use today, like cell phones. Yeah. That was a military operation that was going on for about 10 years before it hit public. And that
1: exactly. was easy to explain. Uh, yeah.
3: In the 1950s, the U.S. Air Force spent billions of dollars on dinosaur dyna soar an yep. advanced reusable space plane. They then quietly announced its cancellation in 1963. So this, like, kind of says, like, all these like space programs that they had, that they invested all these billions of dollars into, that they say that they canceled, weren't actually canceled.
0: Well,
1: no, it's like,
3: well, if it
0: by canceled, they could also mean completed,
1: completed or canceled as in. We've gotten, things have gotten so weird and interesting that we can't let people know that we're we working on We can't put on this, this on paper anymore. anymore. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, Project Horizon was an ambitious plan for a manned moon base that predates NASA's first moon landing in 1969. It, too, was discreetly canceled before it could come to fruition. That
0: just sounds like it's like, okay, we're going to officially cancel it
3: and then let these guys go and, and bounce around and play golf. Yeah, and and then we'll just keep this base going. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly.
3: Right. Um, until the announcement, which appeared in just one newspaper, the existence of this massive non-NASA space project was completely unknown. So nobody even knew about it before they canceled it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, like, I'm sure there's a shit ton of other stuff going on that the U.S. The US Air, Force is le- Air Force is legitimately doing that we're not going to know about for 20 years.
2: if we're Right. Not. If at all. Yeah.
1: Because... America wants to be the biggest, baddest bitch on the planet. Oh, we are. And we want to stick our, Definitely are. our dicks After on everything. After Australia. Af- and we want to stick our dicks in everything. And the only way to keep that happening for the foreseeable future is to tackle space, is to become a viable thing in space. Because if we don't do it, someone else is going to. So to, to think that we would just stop within the ozone or whatever and just go oh yeah we're not gonna build anything that'll go before that they'll go after that that's crazy because that we don't let people do better than us well think of it
0: this way nasa is the public face of our space program everything they were
2: they they've been they're no longer government backed
0: yeah they are are. are. what are you talking about they get government Money.
2: They do. I they thought, don't
1: get yeah. as much. They don't get. They, it, I thought they were he,
2: defunded. Nope. By the government, and they went totally private.
0: Nope. No. no, no. They, they're definitely they're only funded by the government they just and donations.
1: Have a sh- they just have There's shit. a ton
3: of private space programs now.
0: But the thing about it is, is if NASA is the public face of the U.S. government space program, right, and they have, it's uh, it's well known that they're kind of working on a shoestring budget, right. It's like all that money basically, NASA is just a front for what they want us to know about what we can do in space when the real work is being done by the U.S. Air Force. Yeah,
3: you let us know 20 years later or 50 years later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we got this. Now that we need it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, In Ronald Reagan's diaries, uh, published long after his presidency, Reagan recounts a meeting at the White House with several top space scientists On page 334 he states, it was fascinating, space is truly the last frontier and some of the developments there in astronomy, etc. are like science fiction, except they are real. I learned that our shuttle capacity is such that we could orbit 300 people. Presuming uh, presuming Reagan wasn't simply confused or mistaken, this claim is impossible without the prospect of a secret space program. Yeah, I mean, look how many people we send uh, up now. Yeah, America's space shuttle capacity has uh, a capacity of eight people, and only five were ever built. The U.S. does not and has never had, at least officially, the technology to put 300 people into space. Well, it's well I just, mean, Reagan did have Alzheimer's. Yeah, he, he, exa- did, he didn't
2: understand a lot of things said stuff. But
1: this goes along with, an, I think instead of like just doing all like a one chunk on it. I think I'm just going to refer to it. Cause yeah. I, I took a bunch of notes from the Richard Dolan, uh, this talk in 2014, talk in 2014 about,
3: uh, it was at the secret space program conference.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, we'll link to it. It's, it is worth the watch. Like it is really fascinating. Um, but one of the things he talks about is Reagan. And he talks about Reagan's undersecretary in particular. And apparently, uh, soon after reagan became president the undersecretary went through briefings for you know national security a, you know a lot of secret stuff and one thing that he mentioned that they talked about was et's and uh life on other planets and whatever and when he was asked about it holy shit um, He act- he said he was deeply upset and his reasoning for that was that he had a daughter to raise in this world so with the writing, So what do you take from that? I take that whatever the fuck he found out It wasn't very good It, it doesn't sound nearly as cheery as Reagan's perspective <laughs> uh, But if both of them Are talking about some weird sort of sci-fi shit going down There's something happened You know like there had to There had it's weird to me that both of them discussed strange government space stuff going on separately.
0: Did, did I... um Was I on air when I was talking about the secret... Uh, intergovernment program between the Americans, Chinese, and Russians to no. put a, an obelisk, a beacon, on Mars. No, well, I don't f- think
1: you ever said that. I
0: did when we were. I think we were off. You might have been in the bathroom. Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> I, it literally just popped up on the front page of Reddit. A picture of the of a mysterious obelisk on Mars.
3: No shit. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, I was literally just talking about this before.
3: Well, explain the obelisk real yeah. quick.
0: Um, well, I only read briefly about it. Um, a guy was, uh, I forget where I saw it, and, um, a guy had a friend who had, it was a retired brigadier general in in the Air Force, and, um, he would talk to his friend about, you know, secret space programs and shit, and at one point his friend told him, a lot more than this, but at one point his friend told him that there was, there had been a secret government program among the americans chinese and the russians to look at mars and they all together developed an obelisk that was also a beacon of some sort and put it on mars and just left it there okay and like literally i just this wasn't there 20 minutes ago when i was looking at reddit and i just i just looked at reddit just now when you guys were talking and a photo of this thing just popped up there you go there's
1: synchronicity for you there's yeah yeah
3: well, you didn't even talk about synchronicity on air, either. No, it didn't. I didn't. was on the break, too. Uh, uh, some ex-employees of NASA have become whistleblowers. Uh, in 1965, Sergeant Carl Wolf was a young electronics expert at a U.S. Air Force Tactical Air Command in Langley, Virginia. One day, he was called over to an NSA facility to examine a fault in some photographic equipment. Uh, the lab was processing images of the moon's surface taken by the lunar orbiter. One thing immediately struck Wolf. There were hundreds of scientists from all over the world at the facility speaking dozens of different languages. Wolf felt this uh, peculiar, peculiar, because he, especially at the height of the Cold War.
0: Oh, yeah, we were very xenophobic during that time. Uh, he
3: got talking with a photographic technician processing the lunar orbiter images. The man appeared disturbed. We found a base on the backside of the moon, he said. Wolf was stunned. The technician then showed him a contact prints that showed the base. Wolf observed large domes, towers, and what looked like radar dishes. The fictional Alternative 3 suggested that the secret space group program had built a moon base as a staging point for a mission to Mars. So.
1: Well, that goes. I mean, that's not the first time that, you know, uh, a space station or whatever on on another planet was on the moon they're specifically talking about yeah on the moon like i mean there's a ingo swan who is known as a remote viewer and uh, remote viewing was like a big thing
3: remote viewing is like meditating with a specific target in mind and then and then receiving images or feelings from that target that you're meditating it on and uh and yeah. then you write down yeah. notes and draw pictures of what you saw. Exactly.
0: What you saw. And, and usually, there, this is actually this was a real program. It was a real point. program. Oh, yeah, yeah. This,
1: this was this was definite. This definitely happened. There were definitely remote viewers working employed by for the U.S. The government, government. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially like looking. Including George at, Clooney. No, working after. George
3: Clooney did play Ingo Swan in the movie.
1: I never saw the movie. Oh, actually. you should watch it. You, I like it's
3: it. right up your alley.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> it sounds like it. Um, but yes, yeah, so like Ingo Swan particularly did a lot of remote viewing. And they would just, uh, when we say like they would give them a description of like where to look, literally all they got was coordinates. Like they, It's not like, hey, why don't you look at Thailand? No, it was like, here's some numbers. View that.
3: Well, that's always the way to make sure that it's it, that it's a legit remote viewing. Yeah. That the person yeah. actually is is doing something that's like s- kind of supernatural. Yeah, yeah,
1: they don't.
0: Is, they're not supposed to know. You what don't
3: they're know they're looking what the target at. is, so you just get a number that's attributed to a target. Exactly. Instead of saying the White House. You say a number and then they see the White House mm-hmm. and, or they're lying.
1: And it was always, it was usually done as a double blind. So whoever right. handed him the target didn't know what that was either. So no one involved in that moment had any idea what he was supposed to see. Anyways, there were a lot of times where they had him look at like, you know, Russian um, government buildings and stuff like that. After a while, he got super bored with it. And his bi- one of his bigger moments was that he viewed Jupiter before we were able to put get satellite pictures of Jupiter. And there were about 13 yeah. different things that he said about Jupiter that we were able to verify after the fact, once we got the pictures. Yeah, one
0: of them being the ring around Jupiter.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
3: nobody knew there was a ring around Jupiter, and he described his target as having a ring around
1: it. Mm-hmm. And that, but the thing that brings us back to the secret government uh, space programs is actually sometime after that, he was taken away, put in a car, blindfolded, driven around for a long time, uh, walked into a building and down an elevator shaft. They gave him some coordinates, asked him to view it. It turned out to be, from what he states, the other side of the moon. And on the other side of the moon were uh, bases and some sort of um, entities on the other side of the moon. He starts describing it. They shut it down. Like, they'd tell him to stop and get out. Like,
3: yeah, they didn't think he could actually do it. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> he, he got too close. He yeah. flew too close, and they made him get out. Uh, which is, that's fascinating. And uh, I need to read his book because I, I want to talk about it. Well, more. I think
3: there's several books about him.
1: You know, he wrote a book himself. Oh, okay. Uh, shit. It's like projection or something like that. Okay. Is the name of the book?
3: Well, this shit is all super interesting, but uh, I think we can all agree that there is precedence that the government is using its black budget to. Uh,
0: oh, I'm sure. Build it. space technology
3: like- and. And possibly to travel. I mean, there's so much crazy shit out there. There's there's stuff about like uh, stargates that go right to Mars and all kinds of crazy shit. But we don't have time to get into all of that. But,
0: but. like, well, if we'll if, touch if, on it If anything, I'm it sure. seems most likely that there are secret government space projects. Like,
1: yeah, I, I think we
0: can be? all
3: agree on that.
1: Yeah. It, it may not. All right, on its on its most mundane level, maybe it's something super boring. You know, maybe it doesn't have anything to do with extraterrestrials. Maybe we maybe there isn't any contact, although I have a hard time believing that there hasn't been. But even if it was super boring, it doesn't make sense for the government to tell everyone what we're trying to do from from a military level. They're not going to do that. So If it goes that far, how much farther does it go? And I think it does go a bit farther than that.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, we know for sure that the government is missing trillions of dollars.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's like the recent story is like uh, the defense budget or something is missing trillions of dollars. Yeah, they
0: got audited.
3: Mm. But this has been happening for years. I've always heard of things like, oh, the black budget, the black budget. Well, How much is the black budget? We don't know because it's the black budget. Well, that's
1: (laughs) one of Richard Dolan's biggest complaints about secret um, space programs and the black budget is that when you think about it, essentially they're stealing from the people that they govern by not telling them where this money is going right. and how they're using it. And it didn't really occur to me until like I watched that. We don't get to that. choose
3: where it goes to, but we should be able to know
0: it.
1: Yeah, least. yeah, exactly. It's not like it's not like oh yeah, well you know this is funding the war in Iraq or something like that, where you have some weird, tangential, vague idea of where the money's going. No, you have absolutely no inkling as to where that money is going. And you know that people are skimming off the top of that because there's just too much fuckery going around that's not traced. It's it's a little weird.
3: I definitely agree, and uh, I think we should stop there and uh, say goodnight to everyone.
0: That is getting pretty late. Because yeah.
3: the show has gone pretty long, and... Uh, we have plenty of stuff to talk about next time, too. That's so. true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you guys for coming. Uh, <laughs> this make was sure a very to, deep hole we've helped. Yeah. <coughs> I've got to dig myself out of this for the rest of the night. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, make sure to hit us up on Facebook. we got a uh, Facebook thing going on. Uh, send us any things that you want us to talk about or any experiences that you may have had, uh, we have a new phone number.
1: Yes, we do. I'm pulling it up right as we speak. It's like
3: something spooky. Yeah. I think ah, you you spelled it out for us.
1: Yeah, it's 916-SPOOKY-3.
3: Spooky 3. 916 yep. Spooky 3.
1: Yep, that's, that's it. That's an easy to remember number. So call in...
3: Wait, well, what's the area code?
1: 916.
3: Oh, and Spooky... Okay, Spooky... Okay, yeah, that yeah, adds... Yeah, 916... That adds up.
1: Spooky Not a conspiracy. Three. Yeah.
3: 916 Spooky <laughs> 3. What is it?
1: Give us a call. Um, Tell us call whatever you want to tell out. us. And uh, we'll be able to... We should be able to play it and yeah, uh, respond to it. Yeah, we might play
3: your call on on the air if yeah. you're not a
2: total If you're it. not
1: mean, just don't be mean. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and feel free to... Uh, you know, write us with any topics of, or suggestions for things to talk about. That's
3: what I just said. So yeah, thank you. Just remind me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that's it for this episode of Mysteriousnesses. Thank you guys, so everybody. Uh, Lauren Lance, Endless Mike Lance, Jared Walker. We will be back shortly with another episode of Mysteriousnesses. This has been episode seven. All right. Good Yay. night.